From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, collegiate senior in atmospheric science Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer for The Lift on the Weather Channel app Dina Knightley, social media specialist and meteorologist at The Weather Channel Jen Watson, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network radio operator Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, amateur storm spotter Phil Johnson. All right, welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening device. This is season 2.0 of the Stormfront Freaks podcast. (laughs) We made it. Yeah, so thanks for listening and and happy new year to everybody. Uh, We're on episode 17 and our guest is none other than the storm chaser and star of Storm Wranglers, Kelly Williamson. We'll we'll also be discussing how soon... Or how late should schools and businesses be closed for winter storms uh, to kind of keep traffic off the roads? But let's uh, let's first go around the horn, uh, introduce the team, and find out what everybody's drinking tonight. And I'm going to start off. I'm actually tonight. I'm in Wisconsin. Normally, I'm in Cincinnati, but tonight I'm in Wisconsin seeing family, and I have got with me from Lakefront Brewery in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It is the Fixed Gear American Red IPA. Nice. Yeah, wow. Very good brewery. I've had a number of different beers from these guys, but by far this is my favorite, uh, the Fixed Gear. So, MJ, what do you got? Well, nothing special tonight. I'm just uh, drinking some Michelob Amberbach. Ooh. All right. Mm-hmm. Wait, is that, is that is that low on carbs, just like the Michelob Ultra? <laughs> uh, no, not not exactly. <laughs> that's fine that's completely all right, right. Maz, Maz what do you got brother well this evening I have a very nice uh, Cabernet <laughs> I thought you were drinking wine <laughs> wait how could you tell I, just I, the way you were drinking it, it dribbled. it's probably the teeth the purple teeth <laughs> <laughs> I had those before so it's yeah. uh, F. Stéphane Millier from California although I don't know if I'm French but uh, it's California, okay? So. <laughs> Fancy. We. Oui. Oui. Yeah. <laughs> oui. All right, Brady, what do you got? Well, here's the deal. Um, I'm at my aunt's house right now, and she loves scotch. So she poured me a glass of scotch, and it's wow. going to get the bottle here. That's wow, awesome. Valvie Double Wood uh, 12-year-old single malt scotch. Nice. Wow. He's going to be hammered I, by the end of the show. I've never, I've never, no, I've, it's a small glass. It's small, but I've never had scotch before and it is strong. I will tell you that. It's very strong. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, a unique, it's a unique taste. Scotch can burn so, a little bit going down. So, yep. It does. Uh, it burns a bit. Dina, what do you got? Okay. So, I got something different. Since this is 2.0, it's a celebration. Yeah. Right, hang on. Guess what I brought? <gasps> Oh, look at that. Wow. wow. I got fancy. I got fancy. And I got a little um, bottle of champagne. So, I mean, I might finish it off. It's it's a small one. It's not a huge one. But, you know, (laughs) we're all friends. We're all friends. I'm I'm, I'm over 21. I can do it. Feeling a little bubbly. Jen, how about you? Oh, my gosh, you guys. I'm not as cool. I'm still drinking my amazing LaCroix. LaCroix. I've got Mary LaCroix right now. Again, it's Ooh. a little bubbly, fizzy. <laughs> so it's a, a nice touch to the tongue, and it just it goes down smooth. It makes <laughs> you feel really good. It's refreshing. Good. Okay. Well, good. You'll, you'll be the only sober one by the end of the night. <laughs> she'll have to finish it up. <laughs> yeah, she'll have to close it out for us all. <laughs> Kelly, what do you got? Ah, oh, straight moonshine made out in the barn. That's awesome. That is awesome. Oh, are you, are yes. you serious? <laughs> no, it's all water. I was hoping. I was hoping you were serious, but it did, yeah, it looked like a nice bottle, of plastic bottle of water. But well, we'll we'll have we'll have you and Jen close us up then. I think so. All right, let's, I want to give everybody an update because uh, this is our first show of 2017 and first show of season 2.0. Um, so, just want to share a couple updates of what's going on. With the show, number one, we have Stormfront Freaks Raw, and we've had that now for a few episodes, but that will continue to be available on our YouTube channel. So if you go to our website, uh, stormfrontfreaks.com, just search for our YouTube channel link, and you'll continue to be able to stream 
after the fact, uh, stream the show, any of our episodes uh, from here on out. So that will continue. But here's something new we've got. Starting officially next episode, uh, we're going to have Stormfront Freaks Raw live. So we're going to give everybody an opportunity to actually, if you want to, on the Thursday night of our show at 9.30 Eastern or 8.30 Central, if you want to watch the show live on our YouTube channel, you're going to be in a position to be able to do that. So we'll start that off. Yeah, it is very dangerous. I, I always I need to leave that 13 label on everything that we do live uh, that we don't edit out. But I'll, I'll just say a quick welcome to those watching us live now because we do have. Yes, we, we are right. experimenting with that. Yeah, Kelly, Kelly sent that out to some folks. And so I know we, we do have a few people watching live. So welcome. But officially, we'll start that for episode 18. Uh, that will be on January 12th. So the next show, because we're a biweekly program. Next show will be January 12th. Again, that's 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central. Just go to our website, stormfrontfreaks.com. Uh, our YouTube channel link is on there, and that will take you right to the live show if you actually want to watch us live. Uh, but be careful. It's probably not a small child's show to watch live. <laughs> Just letting you know in advance. All right. And then you also may have noticed uh, we've got some new music cuts on the audio podcast, so the audio version, we actually edit and we add some music and all kinds of stuff like that. So that's where most of our listeners come from. And our audio podcast will will have some new music cuts. We've also got an updated opening theme song by Andrew Slada. So you'll, you've probably already noticed that, but we've got some great music we're going to cut in with this as well. So we're pretty excited about season uh, 2.0. But without further ado, let's get to who we're all here to talk with tonight. Uh, Dina, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest? Uh, can you guys hear me? We can okay, hear good. You. All right. Kelly Williamson is our uh, guest tonight. He's a storm chaser and star of Storm Wranglers. So he's, I read his bio and I was like, this, this guy is so cool. Okay. So he's a storm chaser. <laughs> he's a cattle rancher um, out of Southwest Missouri. And this is my favorite, a rodeo bullfighter. <laughs> Gosh. Never, I've never talked to a rodeo bullfighter ever, so this is going to be fun. I'm excited about this. But, you know, I love that you're wearing a Weather Channel hat. It's great. And yeah, I know you've done lots of um, live streaming with us and, and the Weather Channel and, and lots of uh, different outlets. But my one question, Kelly, and I think because I've known people who've done what you do, have you ever um, had a really close call that really scared you well i had i had a couple well a couple this year but uh the main one we had in uh, north dakota this year uh, we was kind of following a tornado along there and uh, we was kind of cutting behind it when we cut around to go behind it we met a second tornado coming down the road straight at us and uh, that that was a little bit spooky in its own right there's about 100 yards in front of us and wow. we just kind of we just kind of sat there and just kind of let it go by us on the right. And when it got to our right, then we went on down the road. So we just kind of had to wait for it to get out of the way. Because <laughs> how many years have you been storm chasing? I think this will be my fifth year. Oh, really? So, I mean, do you guys usually have, like, how many people do you usually have out with you? Just me and Randy, pretty much. Uh, you know, during the summer, a lot of times we'll have a camera guy with us. But uh, usually it's just me and Randy most of the time. Wow. That's wow. Cause I, Oh, go ahead, Jen. Um, so Kelly, how did you get into storm chasing? Like what sparked your first chase? You're like, you know what? I think I'm going to actually drive and try and catch this storm. <laughs> you know, I, I did all my whole life, you know, I've kind of been infatuated with, uh, you know, weather, you know, being a farmer, you know, all the farmers are wondering what the weather's going to be. It's going to rain, you know, so I've, I've really paid attention and I used to do a lot of pro fishing in that. And that's all around the weather, you know, so my whole life, ever since I was a little kid, you know, uh, what's the weather going to do tomorrow? So, you know, I just got infatuated with the storms and, uh, kind of got into sky worn and, uh, there just wasn't enough storms around here to suit me. So I went a little farther and a little farther and yep. now I'm going everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> now what's the busiest chase day you've ever had like how many tornadoes have you seen in one day I we've seen as much as probably seven or eight tornadoes in wow. one day you know that was in one good day? strong yeah <laughs> that's good strong uh 
We actually had the week of the Dodge City tornado. I really couldn't tell you how many we seen that week. You know, it was just like every day there was, uh, we'd see three or four tornadoes every day, just about that whole week. You know, it was just wild. So how did you get your show on the Weather Channel? Like, how did all that come about? You know, that that was kind of a deal. I didn't really expect it. You know, uh, I went down to a little meeting at the Weather Channel, and I think they, they kind of had this planned and didn't fill me in on it. But uh, they actually asked me if I'd be interested in doing a show. And uh, actually, I turned them down and told them, no, you know, I wouldn't I didn't I didn't think I wanted to do that. You know, that it, I hadn't even thought about that. And uh, on the ride home, I got to thinking about it, and I thought, you dummy, you don't know where this would go. So I called them back and, and told them I'd, I'd try it. Great. Awesome. So, get, so, Kelly, give us a little update on Storm Wranglers then. What, what's, the, what's the plan going forward here? Is there going to be another season? Um, yeah, I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure that uh, a lot of the girls there that work down at the Weather Channel kind of know uh, they haven't had all their meetings yet. But uh, – you know, the plans are right now. I'm sure they're going to have a few more this next year. It just depends on how much money they're going to budget for it and uh, how really strong we're going to go into it. Mm-hmm. Now, Kelly, schedule. And Randy's schedule, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of your tonto. Brady, did you have a question? Oh, we just lost Brady. Well, let so so that's the update on Storm. How many how many other episodes are there of Storm Wranglers? Uh, right now, so they they're working on a third, but I, I, they haven't finished it yet. So, Kelly, what's harder, um, being a bullfighter or chasing <laughs> a tornado? <laughs> you know, it's uh, that's been a few years back when I've done that, but. Uh, you know, it's a lot the same. You know, you think so, there's similarities. Uh, you get in a bad situation and you can't lose your head. You know, you've kind of got to keep a cool head just the same as, you know, if you get close to a bull, if you lose your, you know, you're thinking and don't think right, things aren't going to go good. And it's the same way chasing a tornado. You know, if you get in a bad situation, uh, you need to keep your head and just, you know, and think right, you know, not just go nuts. You know, you can get It'll it'll be a bad situation if you get too scared. Oh, I get that. So you own a farm. So what? Who takes care of the farm when you're out chasing? Because you're out chasing a lot now. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I think we're on. I think so far. Well, this year's over. With. I think since April we've done like 180 days. Wow. So, uh, we've been on the road an awful lot. And, uh, but, uh, my girlfriend, Carol, she takes care of the farm while I've gone and I've got one guy hard that helps a little bit, but, uh, it's the woman behind the scenes that allows me right. to go. I hope you bring flowers. Flowers. Now, Kelly, along, along those lines, did, uh, you know, as, as a show, you guys are probably, you know, they, they don't pressure you to, to video tornadoes or get close tornadoes, but how much of an input do they have? Like, are they telling you, Hey, you need to get this close. You need it. Or, or do they kind of let you do your thing? That, um, they really kind of freedom about that. Yeah. They really push safety. You know, that's one thing that they really do. I'm, I'm guessing okay. a lot has to do with uh, Mike's Bettis deal in Oklahoma, but yeah. uh, you know, a lot of that's they push in safety. You know, they say, if you don't, if you don't feel comfortable, don't go there. Uh, you know, so far I just try to get pretty close, but uh, you know, <laughs> safety's safety's number one. You don't do something stupid yeah. because you might not get to do it again. Probably doesn't like that. You get you getting too close. I know. I know. My mom doesn't want me going anywhere near a tornado. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, mom, uh, you know, I'm sitting there. You know, I've got two other guys sometimes in the truck with me, so I'm kind of responsible for them too. So I, you know, I don't want to get them hurt, and they've got two wives. That might come after me if I did. So uh, yeah, you know, I we we stay safe. You know, we're real good at staying at staying safe and always keeping a couple outs. Because Kelly, yeah, no, Kelly what kind go... of equipment do you guys use? Go ahead. Uh, there's two what, of you there, Kelly. What kind of uh, equipment do you use, like to to stay safe and to make sure that you guys? Well, you I, know, usually are ahead a, of the storm? I usually run. I usually run two different radars, and then I've of course you know. We've all got cell phones with roads on it. 
And uh, yeah. then actually I work with Stormview Live a lot. And uh, we've okay. actually got some people on Zello that's actually watching our back. You know, we, we okay. can talk to them on Zello if we get in any situation or something. You know, if they see something coming up behind us and we're fixated on a storm, they'll let us know, you know, there's another storm coming up your south or, you know, the ro- there's another road you need to take up here, you know. So I, there's people sitting at home helping us too. So it's not just us. There's a lot of people in the background. That's awesome. Yeah. And you've only been doing that, you said, for five years, Kelly. What it, And what I find interesting is you've gotten some great footage. Obviously, you've followed some great storms, and you've done all of that without – having an atmospheric science or meteorological education. And so to me, not being uh, a meteorologist, I think that's very interesting. What kind of advice would you have for other listeners that are are just storm fanatics and want to get better at this? What did you have to do to get so good at it? And what's the advice you can give to them? You know, pretty much all my, the what I learned come from social media, uh, YouTube, a lot on YouTube. You can find about anything you want to find on YouTube. You can go, there's a lot of Skywarn stuff that you can read on there. Uh, you know, I've read everything and listened to everything. And uh, that's one thing I do. I don't get just one thing. I don't look at just one model and say, that's the way it's going to be. You know, I listen a lot to Dr. Forbes. He's been around a lot. Uh, I listen to the SBC. I listen to a lot of the other chasers on what they're thinking. And then I look at the models and uh, then I kind of put all that together and kind of what I think is going to happen. But I, I listen to everybody, you know, it's not just one deal that I look at. I look at a lot of different deals and uh, see what I think is going to happen and don't just get stuck on one thing. And that's how you started. That's how you started, and that's how you're continuing to do it, is just asking a lot of people, getting a lot of input? Yeah, you know, I've tried to get a lot of input from the Weather Channel, you know, some, and they, they say, you know, you, we hired you for what you do, just keep doing it, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, you know, sometimes they, they don't want to ru- me to do something different. They don't want me to change things. So, uh, so far it's worked. You know, I don't get on every storm. You know, you just can't do that. You miss them. You know, there's a one in Oklahoma I missed last year, and man, it it still bugs me. But uh, you know, you just can't get on all of them. But we get on all we can. What What are the models that you're using? When you say you look at the models, which ones do you like that you tend to use the most? I really like the HRRR, but uh, you know that that's the one I probably key on. You know, the good short term, the mm-hmm. short stuff up close. But I'm not real good when it comes to looking out a week. I'm terrible at that, you know. I, well, I need some join, help on that. Join other meteorologists, because I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, join us. Going out, a join week, us. going out a week is still very tough for even, for even. you know, I'm not even a meteorologist, or I'm not even a meteorologist yet, but it's still very tough for even the experts, so. And it's amazing, Kelly, because you always end up, though, in the right spot with, like, the best shot. Like, we're always, like, at the Weather Channel, like, he's on it again. I don't know how he does it, but he does. Like, you're, <laughs> you're so good for only doing it for a few years. And some chasers have done it for, like, 10, 20 years. It's pretty incredible what you do. Well, it's it's a lot of work, and you can tell Randy. I, I tell him I don't know how many times, go left, no, go right, no, turn around and go back. <laughs> You know, I drive, it, drive him nuts sometimes because, you know, we go a lot of miles, you know, and it takes a, a lot of miles to get good storms. So uh, just because, and I've, I found out one thing, just because it's a slight risk don't mean something's not going to happen. So that's, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. We're just, we're just there. And, you know, yeah. we go to, a, we get a lot of tornadoes. I think we've had, over, I've had over 40 tornadoes this year. And, uh, but Jeez. we've put on, we've had a lot of miles too, you know, a lot of people probably hadn't got that tornado, that many tornadoes, but they're ha- they don't travel that many miles. You know, it's a lot of miles yeah. per tornado. Yeah, Kelly, you you told us how many miles earlier. What was that number? Yeah, I I worked, let's see, I've put uh, eighty thousand on the truck, and we're over we're twenty twenty on this. So I'd say we're probably close to ninety thousand this year. Wow! Wow! That's Question: wow. Do you have car insurance for yes. hail and hail. some of those <laughs> yeah. other things? It's uh, no, be a, I, a nonstop problem. No, yeah. this one here we did. We do have a few dents in the new suburban, but my truck, I, <laughs> that, that hood's a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it is. Now you've recently started chasing winter storms too. Is that correct? 
yeah, I've always chased winter storms. I've never went to like New York and places like that. But uh, yeah, they started sending us on some winter storms. It's a little farther away. I've always done the stuff close to home, but it's really hard to travel a lot, you know, when you've got icy roads. So, yeah. you know, something goes off up n- north, you know, we can kind of get up there before it happens and, and uh, kind of hunker in and take it. But uh, I've always done winter storms close to home. Nice. So what's what's involved in selling your videos? Because you talked about getting started. That's, that's what you were trying to do is, was sell the video footage. And then that became the game, right? Is getting enough storms to kind of keep, keep yourself afloat financially as well, which all chasers are facing that. So I guess, Kelly, what, what's involved? How'd you get started into doing that? What's involved in going, Hey, I've got a video. Now I want to, sell it uh, what was your process getting started on that you know i actually started with bread adair when uh when i first started and uh, i i was with him for a long time and he taught me a lot of things on how to film you know i i really didn't i had never run a video camera that much and uh, i stayed with him a while and i was with Corey for a while and uh, you know i learned a lot from a lot of people there's a lot of people out there will help you if you're just willing to listen you know, they'll give you a lot of good advice. And, uh, you know, you have to sell a little bit along to to travel a lot. You know, you put a lot of miles on it. It gets kind of expensive. Yeah. Are you using a service or, or is, is that how it is with the, the guys you were with? Uh, yes. Yes. I was uh, with Severe Studios and uh, Corey, he helped me a lot, you know, on my filming and that. Uh, you know, I'm still learning a lot on filming since I've went to the Weather Channel doing some interviews and stuff like that. You know, I'm having to learn a lot of, on the camera side of it now when before I was just worried about taking a picture of the storm. But, uh, yeah, when you're out there chasing, it helps to supplement your income a lot. <laughs> yeah, so are you, are you getting paid per number of outlets that are buying that then through whether it's Severe Studios or... Or are you just getting paid to be on the storms? How is that working out? No, you you actually have, you know, don't get paid unless you get something good, you know. And that's that's one thing. There's a lot of people out there. Uh, you know, the tornadoes. Everybody wants to film tornadoes. You've got competition out there a lot. When I was filming tornadoes, uh, where I probably made most of my money when I was selling video was actually flooding and winter stuff. You know, because you know, it's really not that exciting and uh, there's not as that many people does it, you know, so mm-hmm. you know, that, that is probably more money in doing other things other than tornadoes. Yeah. Now, which do you, Kelly, which do you enjoy more? Is it, is it tornadoes or uh, winter storms? Oh man, tornadoes all the way. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, what, I, what's your... Tell, tell us what your setup looks like. I want to know what, what's your vehicle setup now. I mean, you've been doing this for five years, so I imagine every year there's some new contraption you're adding to your vehicle. But give us an idea of what your vehicle setup looks like right now. What do you have in there? You know, if anybody's ever seen my vehicle, they wonder how I get in it. You know, I've got a pretty good-sized computer sitting here in front of me and uh, a, one camera up in the windshield, and then I've got another console here that I run a uh, – camera that's actually up on top of my vehicle uh then i've got up on the dash i've got a live view that i actually stream back to the weather channel with so uh there's not hard i just kind of that's kind of like crawling into a cockpit you know there's not a lot of room in <laughs> so mostly your laptop is kind of the only vehicle or only thing you're using as far as gps radar i mean what else are you looking at then on your laptop yeah, that's pretty. I run, of course, I run one stream through my through there. I run a stream, and then I run one road program, and then I usually run a GR Level Three and a GR Earth, and uh, then a lot of times I'll have a Facebook on there, you know, so I can kind of uh, talk a lot to the fans and that. You know, that's one thing I've really keyed on a lot. You know, I've got a lot of people that's followed me ever since I started chasing, and uh, we like to include them a lot right in the chase. Well, if we don't have any other questions, I think uh, anybody have anything else for Kelly before we jump to uh, our lightning round? 
No, you guys hit it all. We're good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's do this, Kelly. So I warned you ahead of time uh, <laughs> of our, our lightning round. So this is basically a speed round of fun questions we always have for our guest. And because of your previous jobs in farming, pro fishing, and bullfighting, we, <laughs> we, bull are going, we are going to play farming, fishing, or bullfighting. That's the name <laughs> of the game. So what I'm going to do, Kelly, is I'm going to give you a term. Okay, I'm just going to give you a term. And you have to tell me, is that a term for farming, fishing, or bullfighting? Does that sound good? <laughs> yeah. All right, you ready to roll? Yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, first term, shorthorn. Is that farming, fishing, or bullfighting? Uh, it could be farming and bullfighting. Ooh. Really? Wow. Well, <laughs> yeah, definitely that, that's a, a plus Ooh. on there. I had, I had it for farming, but it's a breed of cattle raised in the U.S. primarily for beef, and I figured Kelly would, would know that one for sure. All right, next one, inline spinner, farming, fishing, or bullfighting? Fishing. Oh, yeah. Right. It's, it's definitely so it's a fishing bad. fishing lure. All right, next one is uh, barrera, barrera, farming, uh, fishing, or bullfighting. Uh, bullfighting. <laughs> wow. That, that oh is bullfighting. Um, now I know nothing about <laughs> bullfighting, but it is the wooden barrier surrounding the bull ring. Like, did you actually do like? <laughs> were you actually a, a matador? <laughs> no, no. no. No, if I just kept the cowboys from getting hurt. Okay. Ooh. Well, all right. So I, I don't. So the the terms I have for bullfighting are going to apply more to the Spanish uh, bullfighting. So you'll just have to guess. Does it sound Spanish or not? I suppose. But all right. <laughs> next term: jig, farming, fishing, or bullfighting. Jig. J- oh, farming. jig. Yeah. Oh, fishing. Yeah. yeah. Very good, very good. Metal, metal fishing lure. All right, next one is a uh, barrow, barrow, farming, fishing, or bullfighting. Bullfighting. Uh, no, oh. that that uh, oh. uh, a, a barrow is a, a male hog castrated before sexual maturity. Oh, oh my! A barrel. Of course. <laughs> nobody wants to be. Nobody wants to be that. Oh, uh, poor that guy. Barrel. All right, next one. Live well, right. farming, fishing, or bullfighting. Live well. Fishing. Uh, correct. So that's the holding tank filled with water to keep fish alive. Next one, uh, sea tar. Sea tar. Oh, man. I have no clue. <laughs> I have no fishing. <laughs> yeah. oh. No, I'm sorry. Oh, I jumped the gun on the sound effects. That is bullfighting. Uh, a sea tar is to provoke a bull's attack. So that was something you wouldn't want to do, I think, in your role. No. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Uh, let's go with a uh, henny. 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 That's that farming, got fishing, me. or bullfighting. That that got me. Farming. All right. Uh, yeah. That, that is correct. So that's an offspring of a stallion horse and a Jenny donkey. Oh, I thought you said oh. henny. It's Jenny. No, no. Uh, well, oh! this, this is a, no. This is an offspring of a horse and a Jenny donkey. Oh, so it's the combination okay. is called a uh, okay. Henny. Henny. That'll work. Apparently. Okay. I suppose horse, <laughs> horse and Jenny. I guess that's your combination. All right. Uh, we got pitching, pitching, farming, fishing, or bullfighting. Uh, fishing. Yeah, so that that's a way a pendulum way to cast your your bait to where you want it to go. Uh, well, let's do let's do three more. Let's do desafio, desafio, farming, fishing, oh, or bullfighting. That's gotta be bullfighting. <laughs> yeah, so so that's officially when the bull paws at the ground starts to back up uh-huh. before it charges. So I imagine Kelly, you did not want to see the bulls. De Safiing owing or whatever that means. That means, that means they're ready to charge. All right, let's go with uh popper. You should know that popper. one. Fishing. Oh yeah. So that's a, a surface plug bait that kind of makes a noise and, and creates a disturbance on the water. It's a big uh big bass fishing lure. And then last one, let's go with silage, farming, fishing, or bullfighting. Uh farming. Uh, All right. 
Wow. Well done. Wow. Well done. Well done. So yeah, you you got all those except only a couple. So well done, Kelly. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so yeah, I appreciate you. you might be one along. of the best yet. It might yeah, be. Yeah, I think so. so. Uh, before we go to our break, uh, Kelly, tell our listeners how they can find or follow you and or get a hold of you. I'd probably just check me on Facebook. I do a lot of Facebook. You can look at, uh, just look up Kelly Williamson on Facebook and it pops up pretty quick. <laughs> Very good. And, and, uh, any update, are they still showing, uh, episodes of Storm Wranglers? Uh, yeah, they're still showing it. Actually, I'm not sure when the next one is and is on. I think they had one here a few days ago, but uh, I haven't kept up with it too much when they're okay. on. Sometimes they're on late at night. Sometimes early <laughs> in the morning. It's hard to tell. Very good. Well, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and take our first break for Brady's Storm School, and when we get back, we're gonna decide when schools and businesses should close for forecasted winter storms. This is Storm School, where together we'll take an in-depth look into certain weather phenomenon, why they happen, where they happen, what causes them. Some topics we'll cover are things you might have never heard before or things you've heard a lot. Welcome to Storm School. Class is in session. Hello once again, guys. I'm Brady, and this is Storm School. Today we're going to be talking about snow squalls some of the impacts they have, how they form, and who they impact, and exactly why you should pay attention to this wintertime phenomenon, uh, mainly in the Great Lakes and around the Great Lakes um, that happen. Um, and they've actually been happening recently. You'll pay attention um, this past couple of days. We've had some snow squalls, dangerous in fact, around Ohio, Pennsylvania, even into portions of New York. So let's get into what, exactly what is a snow squall. So a snow squall is basically an intense, heavy band of snowfall with strong winds, possibly even lightning, some thunder snow thrown in there, and it occurs very rapidly, and it only lasts usually for a short amount of time, and the amount of snowfall can be significant depending on if you're talking about... So there's two different types of uh, snow squalls. One is a uh, lake effect snow squall, and that is actually where you have a single band setting up, usually over the same area, and that's where you can have your heavy snowfall. The second type of lake effect snowfall is a frontal, is basically, um, or not lake effect snow. The second type of snow squall is occurs with the passage of a cold front. Um, and that's basically called a cold frontal passage uh, snow squall. So let's just talk about exactly what uh, causes them. So in a lake effect snow, it's just lake effect snow, basically, that's being caused and we'll go into lake effects snow in a later episode where we talk about exactly what causes that i want to focus on the cold frontal passage snow squall um, and why it's so dangerous especially for people on the roads especially on freeways there's been a lot of pileups a lot of deaths that have actually occurred from snow squalls and from accidents where these huge huge you know 30 40 car pileups come out of nowhere um, and I'm going to tell you exactly why that happens. So basically, um, when a cold front passes through in the winter, they, they can sometimes be very strong where you'll have 60 degree, you know, 60 degree temperatures in the Ohio Valley. And then further north, you'll have this Arctic air mass that's bulldozing its way in. As that air mass goes over these, you know, the Great Lakes, usually the winds are coming out of the northwest. It, they're blowing to the southeast. They'll go over these lakes and pick up some of that moisture and actually cause that warm air to rise because it's very cold air all the way through the atmosphere. So then that warm air rises, starts to condense, and it forms these intense, intense snow bands. And as it does that, then these, these snow bands start to move off of the lakes and move down into you know, places like Ohio, places like Pennsylvania, places like New York. As these bands move down, they're usually, you know, scattered. Um, they're not usually, you know, they can be in a line. Sometimes, oftentimes they're not. Oftentimes, you know, you'll have a line along the front and then out in front because of a very strong deepening low pressure system that's forming over that area. You'll actually have more rising motion and other squalls that'll form. Um, and, and those, you know, the tops of those, you know, 
clouds usually are fairly low in the atmosphere, but because you have such strong vertical motions from that temperature contrast of polar air and warm air out in front of the low, um, underneath the warm front, you can have these very strong vertical motions, um, which causes you know a lot of moisture to be sucked up, and then that moisture's got nowhere to go but down, and it goes down with you know pretty strong vertical velocity as well because you know that's if it if it rises intensely it's it's going to have you know if if it's got a strong updraft you're going to most likely have a strong downdraft as well so then that snow goes over land or goes over you know ohio and hits hits different places and what happens the reason why it takes people by surprise and the reason why this is so dangerous is because it'll be completely clear you know blue skies no clouds in the sky at all and then all of a sudden this snow squall will come out of nowhere and it'll be a whiteout. It'll be blizzard condition, not necessarily blizzard conditions, but it'll, it'll be very snowing very hard and the winds will be blowing, you know, very strongly. And that snow is going to stick like that on the freeway. And these people are driving at 70 miles an hour. They have no idea because, you know, it really wasn't in the forecast or, you know, you, they weren't supposed to get a lot of snow. But if they were, it's going to be in a very short amount of time. And so these people won't slow down and they'll realize it too late. And, and by that time, the accidents happen, the deaths happen. And it's usually very, you know, a lot of cars because the people behind them, you know, 10 miles back won't actually see the snow because it's a clear, still a clear blue, you know, blue sky day. So that's why these snow squalls are so dangerous is because they just sneak up on people and, and you don't necessarily read about it in the forecast. Um, so that's what a snow squall is. Those are some of the dangers if you hear about it. You're driving around. You hear there could be snow squalls that day. You're going to want to pay very close attention to the roads and the people in front of you because that snow squall is going to come up on you like that, and it's going to be over very quickly as well because they'll move through, and you could oftentimes have multiple snow squalls in one day. So you're just going to have to pay attention. Definitely pay attention to the forecasters when they're telling you about snow squalls because that could actually be more dangerous than a snowstorm because you not you aren't as you know you aren't as prepared for it. So that's what a snow squall is. Now let's get back to the podcast. All right, welcome back. Hey, Kelly is sticking around to talk about winter storm closings with us. We're going to see what everybody thinks about how soon or how late schools and businesses should close for forecasted winter storms. And I, I wanted to start off a little bit by talking about uh, an article from the Chicago Tribune by Megan Jones said Lake County schools consider more than just temperature snow when deciding to close. And and just to kind of highlight how these decisions are made, understand um, most all school districts, when they decide to close, it's, it's up to that school district. Um, there's not really, there's no governing body that determines that except the school district. And that normally comes from the superintendent, him or herself. They're the ones that, that ultimately make that decision. Um, but they look at, at determination, things like snow closings. Uh, most of the time they're looking at it due to bus safety issues. They try to avoid late starts because they know it's tough on parents. And I know we could really get into that because we have a lot of uh, parents here on the, on the team. And some uh, city students, I think the thing to be aware of is some city students understand school might be the warmest place for them to be. And the only time that they're getting a warm lunch in some of the bigger cities and inner city schools. So having school sometimes is a better option than not, because at least these kids will have a warm place to go and have nice hot lunch. I think it, when it comes down to it too, you guys, it all comes down is can we get our kids there safely and return them home safely? You know, we could talk about temperature because down here in Atlanta, it gets cold and they close school. When I come from Ohio and it's like, are you kidding? <laughs> really? You're closing school? But, you know, like you made a lot of good points about maybe, you know, them being at schools, a safe, warm place so they can be fed. Um, but, I mean, wow. I That's really what it comes down to. Are the roads clear? Mm-hmm. Are they going to be stuck? Is there a possibility they could get stuck on a bus? I mean, that's. That would be, especially as I'm a parent, that was my biggest concern. If they want to keep them home, keep them home. But that's that to me is the biggest safety issue. And, and I, I will I will say, as someone who works in education, so I'm around uh, schools all the time, and I work with superintendents of school up here in Minnesota, where you know we do have to have generally a fair amount of snow 
uh, before we start to think about closing. However, safety certainly is the first thing on their minds. And uh, it's very interesting, even in our state, and I know that happens all around, there's all different situations, right, where what the tolerance is because of the equipment you have to clear roads, because of all those things that are all safety, you know, again, all revolve around safety. Uh, up here in Minnesota, we've got a situation where the western part of the state is pretty wide open. It's almost like the plains and they get ground blizzards and all of those kinds of things where they don't need quite as much snow and they will close quite quite a bit more frequently because it is just plain not safe. You can't see um, and, and they can't get the kids home safe. Uh, and so they will generally close sooner, quicker, uh, more often. Uh, than other parts of the state where we don't have the wind and the and the ground blizzard, the visibility uh, kind of part. We may have snow, but the buses are pretty well equipped to get through, you know, several inches of snow, you know, and we have the equipment in Minnesota to keep the roads clear, you know, so on and so forth. So even within our state, it differs, um, but it really is has a lot to do with safety. The other thing, when you talk about having a, a you know a warm place to be and a, and a good lunch and things like that, that's also taken into consideration. It, around here, I know for for superintendents and schools, um, most of the time, unless it's really really bad, you know, if they've brought the kids in, they won't send the kids home until after lunch. In other words, they'll feed them because they know if they send them home prior to that, some kids are going to go somewhere where they may not get to eat. Uh, and, and the, you know, the conditions, the, the parents may not be home yet and things like that. Now, Mark, now, Mark, so because I've always kind of wondered this. So I know the you know, superintendent makes the final call. Do they involve any, you know, any meteorologist? I mean, I'm sure they probably don't. Do, do, do they get any advice from from anyone? The I will say in Minnesota, the the so, you know, the, the state, not the Department of Education, but it's sort of the, the superintendent's organization. Um, does have a contract with a private uh, meteorology uh, organization, then, and they have kind of a dashboard or a portal, right, where the superintendents can go to see the yeah. conditions uh, and things like that. And so they will get a little bit of advice from that. Uh, and they'll also consult local, you know, National Weather Service and other local resources. Um, so that's, that's as much as they do. But I think they do, you know, consciously yeah. try to do that. And, and sometimes it's not the superintendent. Sometimes it's the transportation director, yeah. you know, the person who runs the buses. And they, you know, they'll also access that kind of information. Well, there is, yeah. I'm going to add know, to this, Brady, since you asked that question. There is an article in Education World uh, titled, To Close or Not to Close a Superintendent's Winter Worry. And I think, you know, it varies because uh, they were talking to four superintendents. One is in Vermont. And he says, uh, if snowcast for, is forecast for a particular day, he gets up at 4.30 a.m., and calls the National Weather Service office. Right. And so I was asking questions. I would. Uh, yeah. That. He also calls the county sheriff's office about road conditions. Since most of the students are bused in their particular district. And so the sheriff is in contract with all the or in contact with all the workers plowing the roads. So it's a way to find out a little bit about about roads. A superintendent in Minnesota, they actually have a bus go out and I was trying to remember mm -hmm. uh, look at what time that was but they actually send a test bus out at 3 a.m. in the morning to check road wow. conditions very very common to see how that's done and, and obviously location is going to be a big part of it because one of the superintendents is down in Kansas City Missouri down where uh, Kelly near where Kelly's at and on this particular day that actually they were talking to him uh, school, this was a day in January, school was actually closed in, in this uh, Kansas City district. And they said on that day, they only had two inches of snow. The temperature that morning was zero Fahrenheit with a wind chill of minus 15. Um, but he said most of the wow. students take the bus or they drive to school if they're old enough. And he said the buses could navigate the roads, but they probably would have taken longer. And they didn't want the kids standing outside for 20 to 30 minutes right. waiting for a late bus. Right. But the funny thing is, talk to the same, uh, a different superintendent in Bloomington, Minnesota, which is in the Twin Cities, and they had school that same day. Yep. Uh, it said, uh, in Minnesota, where snow is common, we, are, we already have all kinds of ways to take care of it. But on that particular day, uh, let me see if I can find uh, what it was. It said, oh, here, on this particular day, school was in session, despite temperatures of minus 10 with wind chill minus 34. Oh, Jeez. Yeah, Minus 34, uh, they went to school. So different, totally different yeah. thing. And, and in, in the, the first article, the first article I was talking about, the Atlantic, 
they were talking about how most the areas that have the most snow days uh, stem from areas like Brady, Columbus, Ohio, is one of the areas with the yes. most snow days. Louisville, <laughs> no, Kentucky, awesome. uh, down oh, yeah. into Oklahoma. Those areas have, have more snow days than Minnesota, Wisconsin, Dakotas, New York, uh, et cetera. No. That blows in, my mind, though. Here in Missouri, we're right here where we're at, you know, we're right on the edge of the Ozark Mountains, and uh, it's a real mountainous area. We've got half of our school district is actually in the mountains, and uh, half of our school district is rural roads. So we've got schools to the north of us that can have school, you know, and we're not even close to having it down here because of the mountainous terrain and that. You know, it has to really be cleared, and a lot of the mountainous terrain is on rural roads. So actually, the school district actually has some winter routes that they run that they actually change, you know, when it gets winter time. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of difference, like he was saying, in just one school north of us in here because half of our school district's in the Ozark Mountains. That's going to yeah, get it, confusing, it, 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 though, so, if you have, like, if you're watching school closings, yeah. you see all these school closings, and then, like, maybe a couple are open, like, I would get confused. I'm like, wait a minute. It, and then you've got different gonna, people it, trying to take off. and uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. And I, I don't think generally people understand that. Like, you know, like Kelly said, um, is what I was describing up in Minnesota. We got parts of the state that, and I know, I mean, I know what it's about. I know they're closed. Why? Because they can't, they've got no visibility. It may not be because they're getting six, eight inches of snow. It's because they got two inches of snow and they can't see 10 feet in front of their, you know, their windshield. So it is really a very, a very local, a local decision. And, and one of the problems that superintendents will tell you all the time is they're darned if they do, darned if they don't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, look at the they, society we're in. If they screw yeah. up and some kid gets hurt, they yeah. are finished. Yeah. And I would rather like, you know, cry wolf 10 times and be wrong than, than say yes. And then somebody gets hurt. It's just well, not worth it. That's why our school district is like foolproof because if the test bus goes out and doesn't come back, there's no school. (laughs) Where's the test bus? Okay, school. We'll close school. I think. Yeah, and I'm and I'm with you guys. I'm 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 with you guys. With you know, it's definitely you know hard for a superintendent to make that decision. I also think you know there are situations where talking to a meteorologist could be helpful. Like there was there was a scenario one day. Um, where there was freezing rain, especially with freezing rain, because that's very hard to understand mm-hmm. for someone you know who doesn't necessarily know meteorology, because one degree in temperature can make all the difference. And and those types of scenarios tend to sneak up on school districts. And you know there was one day where I went to school, you know, and we had freezing rain, you know, for like two hours that day, and I got off crash, and you know they didn't release us early. And if they had talked to a meteorologist, I'm confident he would have said, hey, it's going to start at this time. You need to release these kids. It's going to be very, very bad. And, mm-hmm. you know, so so I think that there should be something in place where, you know, some mainstream service where they can not just look, you know, because there's only so much you can do if you look at the National Weather Service website or say weather, you know, the Weather Channel app. It's not perfect, especially for those very, very close, precise scenarios where they need to know. Um, and, and that could make all the difference. The the logistics of that will be that, for example, in Minnesota, we have about 350 school districts throughout the state. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I definitely see the logistical problems with that. Um, but, you know, I, I just think there needs to be because there, yeah. there are some days where I'm like, well, why are we getting off school? I don't even know why. I think they need to somehow improve those standards or at least. Mm-hmm you know, inform us better, you know, for what exactly, why they're canceling it and maybe mainstream some of these standards. Like if the temperature gets below a certain degree or something like that. I don't disagree with you. Minus 34 windshield. Yeah. They're they're Yeah. Stay home. Yeah. It's a logistical (laughs) nightmare. I will say about Minnesota, our threshold is around 35 below. Just saying. Wow. Really? That's That's typically what it's been. Yeah. Although I do remember Brady, you weren't, you probably weren't even born yet, but the one time at Ohio State that they closed school, it was minus forty wind chill, yeah. and it was the only time I had heard in in history that they closed it. Because like I lived on campus, but I mean you couldn't 
you couldn't drive. I remember I had a stick shift and the whole thing was like frozen. You couldn't move it. You couldn't get the door open. It wouldn't yeah. start. Nothing. Well, let, let me ask the, the, because we have some parents here in the group. What's the issue? Because that, that is, I think really uh, the other issue besides just safety is how that affects parents when you call school or when you delay school or when you release early or if you just wait too long to actually call it uh, because mm-hmm. there was one superintendent in that article that said, you know, they're, they're the latest they would want to call it would be 6 a.m. And is that, is that like, wow, that's almost Six, getting too no, late. For that's some too late because that's too late. I, I mean, personally, like I, with, it's, um, you know, oh, go ahead, Dina. No, I mean, at this point, like, one parent, like in my house, I'm already gone for the day. Like I leave before anybody gets up. So, you know, you have one parent that can hang out for a while. I mean, it's one of those things like it's almost if you're trying to force it, it makes it worse because then parents are leaving and they may not live in that town or they may not live five minutes away to go get them. They may be an hour away. They may be commuting. So now they got to truck it back in bad weather and it makes it even worse. Yeah, we we've had more schools we've had more schools around here uh, that have been moving to the night before or you know been doing it by midnight or two you know one two a.m. Mm-hmm. because I think they've heard that from parents. It is I, I think they're understanding more that it is difficult if they if they wait. But we still have a number of them that wait until five six o'clock in the morning, and that's when they hear from the parents about you know great you called it off and that was safe, but. I had to scramble to find daycare or I had to take yeah. off work or I had to do, you know, this, that, or the other thing for me. And for our kids, it was always making sure we had a plan for where they go. You know, if they either, well, when they were Mark, little, it was, you know, daycare or it was, if they get called off early, they go to somebody's house. And, you know, but sometimes daycare is like our daycare when the kids were in actual daycare before they started kindergarten, if they, if the County closed, they closed too. So there was yeah, no daycare. That happens too. Right. There's no daycare. And then the, la- the last thing I want to hit on, though, too, is now, okay, so we're talking about the parents and what, the- what do the parents have to do when things are delayed or, or late? Well, they're-, they're at work. So what happens when they're at work? Because I-, I don't know any business, and correct me because I'm sure there are some out there, but I don't know any business that forecasts uh, potential bad snow that they will close prior to the snow coming or just right as the snow – all businesses I know, they make a decision to let people go early because the snow is already here and it's way too late. What, what's right. that issue all about? Poor planning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The weather channel, they're like, are you showing up? You better get here. <laughs> yeah. You know what's yeah. funny? Yeah. My, um, my sister's, uh, the company that she works for, um, their, her bosses often call me to see if they need to get hotel rooms in the downtown close to where the office is and that sort of a thing. So some actually do plan ahead of time just in case like they can't get home or they're, or they're stuck in the office or something like that. So I think everyone's leaning more toward planning ahead of time and erring on the side of caution rather than not. Um, but still, I think a lot of businesses, too, just don't know what to do. And if it's a tricky forecast and it changes last minute, that could be something that messes everything up, too. So it can be a combination of everything. But Yeah, and I've, and I've seen for big time events, you know, like things that are fairly confident, like, for example, the blizzard, you know, that D.C. and um, New York had last January, you know, I, I've seen those types of things where they know what's going to happen and, and they'll probably tell their workers, you know, because we on the outside, we might not say, you know, they might say the day of that their business was closed, but they could have told their workers the day before that they were going to close. So I think for big time events that can happen. But I agree for this for the smaller events, you know, it really, you know, they don't plan well at all. Because yeah, government offices are pretty good about it. They'll close. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> right. Well, but, but businesses, other, other most small. other businesses are in it to make money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where the government, maybe that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. You know, that that a private business, you know, calling, letting people go or costs calling them money. off of work costs, yeah, costs money, can cost a yeah. lot of money. It can. Yeah. Well, but, in some places, you have to show up. You right. know, you got to. Right. Yeah. 
Well, like, like the Weather like Channel, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Your boss be like, you showing up, right? I know. Well, I'll tell you what. You guys we, probably we love to come to work hear, for the blizzard. We want to hear what all our listeners think. So you can comment by email at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com, or you can comment on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash stormfrontfreaks, or our Twitter account at stormfrontfreak. Uh, we, we always like to uh, hear from you guys and, and share your responses on our next episode. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take our final break. When we come back, we've got our Weather Fools and WX resources to share with you. Hey, I'm Tom Nizzle, winter weather expert at the Weather Channel, and you're listening to Stormfront Freaks Podcast. All right, welcome back. Uh, we're going to go ahead and jump to our Weather Fools and WX resources. Uh, Brady, I'll kick it over to you with our Weather Fools. Guys, it's time for everyone's favorite part of the podcast, The Weather Fools. We're going to talk about, um, we're going to look back at some videos, some websites, um, something that someone did in the past week or two or three that, you know, might have not been the smartest thing. It's going to pertain to weather, and it's um, we'll post it either to our Twitter account, to our Facebook account, something like that. Um, so, Dina, I know you've got a weather fool this week. Who Who is your weather fool Okay, so my weather fool is funny because you know how in the winter you get all the snow on your car and you you carve out a tiny little hole just to see through in the windshield and that's all you clean. Mm-hmm. And then you got to get behind this person and it all starts flying off, off the car, hits you. So I found this one. I'm going to share my screen here. And um, this is funny. This is on YouTube and you can kind of see... Oh, there, there it goes. And oh, no. Oh, yes. What? Yes. It's a whole ice sheet. I'm going to back oh, this up and show you again. Oh, it's a whole geez. ice sheet. And it flies oh. off the car in front of them, hits and wow. crashes into the windshield of the other car. It's yeah. insanity. You know, the wow. funny thing is, is that's got to happen all the time. And you just yeah. people don't normally have videos of that well, crap. And, and the person and the person who the ice flew off, they probably don't even know. So they're not even going to stop. And like, you're not even going to get you know, insurance or anything like that. It's going to be up to you to cover it. Yeah, because yeah. like, you know, I'm I'm from Ohio. Brady, you live in Ohio. But I mean, and I, I admit when I was younger, I did it. You're, <laughs> you know. Especially for when I was younger, I was in a skirt in the winter. I'm like, I want to, I'm out, I'm done. Or you get the old credit card and you're scraping your window. But I mean, you get these big, or you see the videos where like there's three feet of snow on the yes. the, the roof of the car. And you're like, yeah. come on, get a broom. It only yeah. takes a second because you know that's going to warm up, fly right off and hit somebody. That's right, crazy. Brady. Yeah, that's, that's not safe at all. All right. Anyone, anyone else have a weather fool this week? Oh my god! I have a weather awesome, guys. Yeah, <laughs> weather, weather awesome. awesome. I like that. <laughs> so I'm going to screen share right now. Um, so speaking of uh, canceling school for winter weather, snow or ice, recently um, there was a superintendent because they actually had a, a freezing rain. I believe that he actually wrapped to ice ice baby. But I actually did a Google search. And he's not the only one. He's actually not the first one to do this. People, superintendents, principals have been doing this for a few years now. So I'm sharing a YouTube clip that you might not be able to hear. But basically, this principal raps to Ice Ice Baby, letting basically the teachers, the students know that school is canceled because there's snow and all that. And it's, it's hilarious. And you should Google it because it's it's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> I've well, got the song in my head. Do you? Well, you sing it for us. No. I've <laughs> had enough champagne. I'm good. I can sing it. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's true. How is that bottle going, Dina? Um, yeah, are you done? It's, it's, it's right there. It's nice. You've got to finish that. Keep going. Keep going. Getting... Come on, Dina. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we'll, uh, we will post our weather fools on our show notes <laughs> on our website, stormfrontfreaks.com. Uh, we'll have the links for you there. You can actually go yourself and, and check that out. Uh, we're now going to jump to our WX resources. And this is basically our opportunity to share with you some of the uh, great apps or websites or tools or equipment 
that uh, we might have experience with uh, weather-wise that we think you might enjoy as well. So we're going to start off, uh, Dina, before you get too much into that bottle, why don't you share with us your WX resource? Yeah, my weather resource is called Earth Now, and it's from NASA, the Jet Propulsion Lab. So I'm kind of a geek when it comes to the NASA stuff, like anything that they put out I love. And what is even better is it's free. You didn't even have to pay for it. But this one, I'm getting a little glare just to show you guys. Earth you now. get the yep. whole globe, and you see all like all the satellites orbiting Earth. You oh, can look awesome. at visible satellites. You can, like the visible satellite you can look at details. It'll give you headlines at the top. Like right now it says latest event, Hurricane Varda hits India. You can check, um, you click on a data map. You can click air temperature, carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide, gravity, ozone, sea level, visible, water vapor, everything. And it's global. So it's kind of cool. I mean, I love looking at that kind of stuff. You can really pick up on um, some really cool things, especially when there's, like a hurricane or like a, you can see a big uh, snowstorm wrapping up this gravity field. I couldn't tell you how that one works. <laughs> I, I really don't, I don't, I didn't take that class, I guess, but some of this Reddit stuff is, is so cool. Reddit is bad. And, and so it, what, so what is that called again? Earth now, if you can see and it. that's a website or app. It's an app. Um, okay. it's from NASA and it's the, from the jet propulsions lab. So JPL and yeah. it's all global. And like, if I were to click at the top where it has my latest event for hurricane Varda, you click it, it goes over to Varda. It gives you the best satellite for it. It'll zoom in on it. You can get information. Um, it's really, really cool. Um, it's a lot like that living earth one I talked about a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago. But I do love this. This is, and I really haven't even like gone into every little detail on it, but um, it goes into the different um, like 3D models, like Terra Aqua ones. um, Nothing to me, but well, like these different satellites and things, but it's kind of cool. I like being able to see globally um, because even some of the stuff I get at work may not get like every little thing that I'm trying to to get on so i love it it looks so cool super cool Cool. all right brady's got a wx resource brady what do you got yeah, so my wx resource this week is a twitter account and if you haven't uh if you haven't you know if you're not on twitter and you love weather i would highly recommend there's a lot of really great accounts on there you can follow for forecasting and also just commentary on weather um this twitter account is ed valet um or ed um it's at E D V A L L E E W X. That's two E's. Say um, that, say that tweets, one more time. At what? So it's Ed Valley at um, Ed V A L L E E W X. He's a good follow. He's oh, a okay. great follow. Oh, he's a great follow. Yeah. And I actually, I worked with him when I was an intern in AccuWeather and I, I got to see some, he's actually one of Boston.com's top 40 meteorologists to follow. Um, and he's just fantastic. He focuses on the Northeast, but he tweets about weather from all over the country. He tweets about things I don't understand usually sometimes. Um, but he's very, very smart. Um, and he knows what he's talking about and he focuses on agriculture as well. Um, so if, if you're looking for, you know, predicting energy forecasts, farmer forecasts, or just he's, he's fantastic. Good. All right. Well, we'll post all those in our show notes at stormfrontfreaks.com. Uh, so you can check those out too, if you didn't catch those, especially if you're listening to us. Uh, let's jump uh, jump to MJ, listener questions, responses. I think you have a giveaway to do too. We do have our giveaway and uh, we that's those are the responses we got. We're the people who entered the giveaway this uh, for the past uh, week or two. Uh, we want to say thank you to everyone who entered the book giveaway contest. And uh, the big winner, congratulations. Congratulations to Bill O'Rourke of Kissimmee, Florida. Wow. I might be near him right now because I'm in Florida, maybe. You might be. He was randomly selected as our winner. Bill will receive a copy of Dr. Elizabeth Austin's book, Treading on Thin Air. And uh, for more information and to purchase Dr. Austin's book, uh, please visit treadingonthinair.com. Congratulations to Bill and thanks for listening. That's awesome. Yeah, and that I'll tell you that is a that it was a really neat book when before I got into it I was a little concerned because you know, she's into forensic meteorology and and uh, you know, this Perlan project, the glider 
things she's a lot of this stuff i thought man this is just way too much science for me i just took biology and uh but as i read the book she did such a great job of using past historical events to discuss weather situations and then get into talking about what that's all about and and she did a really good job of doing that um even for people like me but all right so that about does it for this episode of stormfront freaks podcast thank you for listening to season 2.0 so if you like the show is that cool Uh, yeah we're we're definitely past our honeymoon period but if if you like the show tell your friends and take two minutes to leave us a review on itunes uh we really would appreciate that guys because how itunes works is the more reviews that are left the more uh i guess publicity that that podcast will get so more people can find us and that's really our goal is to get to the people that might be looking for us and if you didn't like the show don't tell your friends, but you can tell us. <laughs> tell us about it because uh, we definitely have a growing group of new listeners with every episode, and we definitely want to hear your thoughts. So special thanks to our guest, Kelly Williamson. That was awesome and a great way to kick off the new year. Uh, and remember, our next episode in two weeks will also begin our Stormfront Freaks Raw live broadcast. Yeah. Oh, officially. We got, oh. we got unofficially Woo. a few watchers Woo. tonight. So those of you that are actually watching live, you, you are like the very first ever to watch this show live. Cutting edge. Or bad. Cutting edge. Yeah, that could be good or bad. I, I'm not going to say either yeah. one. But uh, we will officially be live in two weeks. That's January 12th. Okay, go ahead. 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central. And we're going to have former on-camera meteorologist with the Weather Channel, Kim Cunningham, Woo! is going to be with us. Yeah. He's awesome. Um, yeah. So definitely looking forward to having Kim on. And also follow our Twitter and Facebook accounts because we'll post the link to that live show on Twitter and Facebook as well as uh, if you go to uh, stormfrontfreaks.com. We will embed it on stormfrontfreaks.com, yeah. Oh, cool. So we'll do that too. So check us out there. We definitely want to know what you guys think about our Season 2.0 updates. So go ahead and contact us with your questions or comments at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or send us a message on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, and tell us if there are other guests you would like to hear or see, or if you've got other fun topics you would like us to include, let us know. Uh, we're always looking for new things we can add for future shows. And so for MJ and Maz is there somewhere, Brady, <laughs> Gina, and Jen, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear. Hope you guys have a great 2017. We'll catch Woo! you next time. Happy New Year. Bye, guys. Bam! Woo! Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. To subscribe and be notified when new episodes of our bi-weekly show are available, you can go to iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app and search for Stormfront Freaks. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter at Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out the interactive radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com, providing interactive weather content for web, mobile, and digital displays at cost-effective prices, zoomradar.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormfrontfreaks. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.